Well, happy New Year's, everybody. 2022. I am your host, Zach Mathers, and this is Braving the Journey. Hey, if this is your first time ever listening to Braving the Journey, here's the deal. This is what it is. It is a podcast that focuses around the conversation of sobriety, but it is so much more than just not drinking, you guys. It is all about talking about the wholeness of us as a human, our physical, our mental, our spiritual, our emotional well-being, that are we stepping into our identity and growing to be who we are meant to be? Because see, I, I have a passion. I believe that you and I are designed with this unique identity that we are designed to be who we are in this world. And as long as we are choosing to just medicate it with alcohol, we are always going to miss out on who we are meant to be. So today I have guest Jen Link on from Sober Fit. And so we talk about this idea of how does fitness and sobriety work together? What what does it look like to choose? And th- th- one of the statements that we say throughout this or in this episode is consistent and purposeful movement help us move through emotions. You guys, I, I think there's so much to learn here about what do we need to do to be able to begin to love ourselves in such a way that we will begin to move our bodies so that we can move through a lot of these emotions that we may have. There's so much power that Jen has and she teaches on today. So I'm excited for you to get a chance to listen to this. But last thing, before we dive into this episode, I want to tell you about something. It is the beginning of the year, January, and dry January is a big deal where you take 30 days off from drinking and you're exploring the idea of it. And what I'm doing through this time of dry January is I have a 30-day sober challenge that's been out and I am offering it out 100% for free. So it's normally $329 to go through it. And it is free for the month of January. You could sign up at any point in January at any time. And it is 100% free to you. So I want to challenge you to do that. Go to bravingthejourney.com. Go to the 30-Day Sober Challenge. Sign up and you start. As soon as you sign up, you will begin to get the emails every single day with the challenge for the day. And it is a powerful time to not just choose sobriety, but to grow just in who you are as a human. So I am super excited for you guys to join the challenge. Let's dive into this episode. Here we go. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Braving the Journey. I have Jen Link on. And Jen, I want to say, yeah, thank you. It's it's the last day of 2021. And so I'm excited the fact that I get to sit and chat with you and get to hear your story. Um, yeah, before the, before the end of the year. So yeah, thank you so much. Happy New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, so excited to be sitting down with you. I am just I love your show. I think it's so real and genuine. And what better way to ring in the new year than with this great conversation? Yeah, I am. I'm really excited about it. And so, Jen, as, as you've heard on my show a lot of times, like I, I love stories, right? I love our stories because they're unique and beautiful and no one else has your story in this world. And so what I love to do is I love for my guests to get a chance just to hear you, hear who you are. Um, yeah, and just kind of fill us in a little bit on on who you are and your story, and you know the fact that you have, you know, a sober f- soberfitwellness dot com. I mean, like you, that's very specific. You know, a lot of a lot of people I look at it are like, you could just have you know, uh, fitness or fit well, you know, but like you you have chosen and claimed this like value and sobriety, and so I'm super excited to hear from you about that and how 
how that works, how that applies. But before you dive into all that, I just want to hear your story. So Yes. Okay. Well, I will take you back to uh, my college days. I was a division one athlete. I was a rower um, at school in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And that's really where my drinking career really started. Um, hmm. You know, I, I drank to fit in. I drank to celebrate our wins. I drank to drown our sorrows of losses. You know, we were a competitive rowing team and it just seemed like we, I adopted the play hard, party hard mentality yeah. almost instantly. Um, so do you think everybody you know, around you had that same kind of mentality? Was that just the culture in which you were in at that point you think, or I think it was generally the attitude around me, but I also feel like I purposely surrounded myself with people that had the same attitude. Um, cause yeah. I do looking back, I, I do think there were a lot of athletes who didn't have that mentality. And so I kind of just found the ones who did. Um, but generally that, speaking, um, I think it was a, it was a, it was a broad culture, broad attitude for sure. Yeah. That's interesting. I like how you kind of define the difference of the distinction between you choosing to find it versus like, oh no, like a lot of times I think people would just go, that's the culture I was in and just blame it on the culture. But like you kind of own part of it going like, no, yeah. I, I kind of chose to find it. You yeah, know? exactly. So, you know, I mean, there are studies that college athletes are the bingingest drinkers, the bingingest drinker population, Yeah. but there's some accountability around that. Like you, you do, you are the, you know, the company you keep, so to speak. So like looking back, like, I think I definitely sought after that group. Um, yeah. so, and you know, that's, that's what I did. I, you know, I yep. played hard, I partied hard and I, uh, my senior year of college enlisted in the military um, okay. on active duty. I had some student loans that I needed to pay off. I had a rowing scholarship, but I wasn't, it wasn't a full scholarship until the last couple of years. So, you know, I just, I needed direction. I wanted to do something bigger than myself. You know, I, I wanted to um, experience life. So I got, went on active duty and um, maybe subconsciously picked the drinkingest career field to go into. I mean, there yeah. are also studies that the military drinks, binge drinks the most. I think the only one that does more is like coal mining. Like, hmm. so, um, so I, I joined the military. I got some life experience, um, you know, and it was, it was always, we, you know, we meet at the bar and commiserate over drinks, you know, yeah. you come home from deployment and you celebrate being home with drinks. Like there was yep. just always a reason, um, on a Friday night after you took off the uniform to go out and have a good time and let loose. And so I, again, kind of really fell into that mentality and that culture. Um, and then I had children and what, better way to perpetuate a drinking problem than to fall into the mommy wine culture. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how my drinking started and then progressed. Like I, there was always a reason to drink. I always fit into a culture that found it very acceptable. Um, and I wouldn't say I was the, I get up and drink from the time I'm awake to the time I go to bed. I was very much a binge drinker. Like I could yeah. do dry January. Oops, sorry. 
Um, I could do dry January. I could do um, dry spells. I could go Monday through Friday without drinking, but it seemed like whenever I chose to drink, it was just out of control. Yeah, it was on. It was just it basically. Was, it was, yeah, it was like once that train left the station, like that was, it was a runaway train. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd always been into fitness. You know, my, my father was a bodybuilder in the 1980s. And when okay. I started getting involved in high school sports, he took me to the gym and taught me how to use every single piece of equipment in the gym, hmm. the form, the correct weight, um, that mentality of, of working hard and working towards a goal. Like I had always had that. It, it, I was always very passionate about fitness. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I would find five K's in Iraq, you know, soldiers would get together and run. Um, I ran a marathon after I had a baby, yeah. Um, and in 2014, I lost my dad, like pretty, pretty suddenly, pretty tragically. Um, and I turned to drinking. Yeah. Like it had just, you know, had used it for so long that it wasn't just to fit in anymore or to relax or to have fun. It was, it was how I dealt with stress. It was how I dealt with anxiety. Um, it was how I, quieted my mind and how I numbed a lot of, of a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, so no, it makes, it makes sense. So, you know, I mean, like, you, you know, what's so funny about your story is like, it's kind of the, that's like the, the norm of culture, I guess, you know, like, Oh, I, I binge drank through college and partied hard. And then, you know, it carried on for a while. And then I, you know, adjusted it to, you know, mommy wine culture, you know, and it's like, it's just kind of like that, that is our accepted norm, you know? So it's, it's yeah. funny cause it doesn't feel like you're even doing anything per se, like, Oh wow. I'm outside of outside of norm because really, really everything you're we doing was pretty much like, well, this is the culture. This is kind of what we do. Right. Yes. Um, yes. So, and so because I was always into fitness and finding different fitness events, I, I found this culture within fitness that encourages drinking. Yeah. I would sign up for half marathons specifically because I knew that there was a beer tent with free beer at the end of the race. Yeah. Oh, there's so many running clubs that it's like, you run to meet at the pub at the end of the run, you know, and then everyone socializes and drinks. And like, that's the kind of, it's, yeah, it's just, that's more, people are signed up more to go to the pub than they are to, you know, the run part. So 100%. And so like, I felt like that was like, that was perpetuating this issue that I had that, you know, I was so into fitness and, you know, I, I used, I used fitness as a way to keep me healthy but then I was also using fitness to keep me unhealthy. Like I was using it mm -hmm. to justify my drinking. I was using, I was using it to hide my drinking. I was using it to, um, convince myself that I didn't have a problem. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of that mentality of like, well, if I can get up and run, you know, a half marathon or do these five K's like I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm okay. 
100%. And, you know, in 2017, I did a bodybuilding competition, um, right? Because if I could do bodybuilding and watch what I'm eating and, you know, always be training and get up on stage, like I couldn't possibly have a problem. But it was, it, it almost like amplified the problem. That's when I was like, okay, this is something that I have a really hard time controlling and I don't know what to do about it. And so do you, for- do you think it amplified the problem or did it just cause it to become more aware in your eyesight? Like, did it actually adjust? Like, did it, you find yourself drinking more in that period or was it more of this because you were choosing to be super conscious of what you were eating and putting into your body for training like that? You all of a sudden became aware of like, whoa, like, you know. Like, I would say it actually amplified because I was so aware what a, what I was eating and putting into my body. But like once a month, I would just give in as like yeah. sort of like this cheat, um, and I would get blacked out drunk. So yeah. it definitely amplified it to me because I was like, "This is not normal." Hmm. Like this is, I think, outside of training for a bodybuilding competition, it was like it wasn't as in my face as it was when I was tracking everything and getting ready for a competition. Um, so, you know, I, I always had a knowing, like, especially after college, like I was like, this isn't healthy and this isn't, this isn't right. But I really didn't want to, I didn't want to admit that I, like, I wasn't a normal drinker. So I tried to shove square pegs into round holes for, like, a good 15, 20 years. I did the same thing. (laughs) Because I think it was, like, it's, like, for some reason, we have attached shame to admitting that we struggle with something, right? Yeah. So, like, for the admitting, like, I don't care what you call it, alcoholic or, you know, just abuse, like unhealthier. I, I always like to refer to like an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I have that, but like I had a hard time accepting and admitting that. And that just because of that just kept you, kept you, keeps you stuck in the space of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to face it or admit it. So therefore I'm going to keep avoiding it. And yes. avoidance means we just keep drinking. Yes. Yes. And I had, I had, absolutely avoided it. I, you know, pushed it down, shoved it back. I didn't, I didn't want to admit defeat. And so after, um, after my first bodybuilding competition, I, I, again, always into fitness. I was like, I really want to help people feel fit too. Like there is something so empowering about being able to lift weights and run up the stairs and not be out of breath and, and push, push, outside of your comfort zone, comfort zone and, and run five K's. And, and I was like, I want people to know what that feels like because it is very, it's medicinal. Like fitness absolutely is, has those, um, very positive effects on the body and the mindset. So I got certified as a personal trainer, but I had not quit drinking yet. Hmm. So I was, I was like constantly in an internal struggle where I was, drinking water and being fit and doing fit things and looking healthy on the outside. But like I was like killing myself on the inside. Right. When happier hour rolled around on Friday or maybe a thirsty Thursday, it was like, it was like I was living two different lives. 
So where where did the shift come then? Like where did the like breaking point for you of like okay, like you know, it sounds like you're at this stage you're like becoming aware of it, like yes. stepping into it. Yeah. But then where did the like you know, I think awareness awareness can bring us to a certain level and then yeah. we have to kind of actually move from it and go, okay, I'm aware now now what do I do? Yeah. So So that's a great question. I wish I could say that there was like this huge life event where I was like, okay, this is it, but there wasn't. It's that the the awareness started off as a whisper for years and years and years. And then it started getting louder and louder mm. and louder. And it really got to a point, and I tell the story all the time, I was just super hungover in the shower on a Monday morning. And there was something in me that just said, you need to stop and you need to walk away. Yeah. And you can't ever look back. And I was like, oh my God, like it was like screaming at me, you know? Yeah. And then I had my, my, the secondary thought was the last thing that your kids remember when you put them to bed at night is the smell of alcohol on your breath. Is mm-hmm. that really how you want the rest yeah. of your life to be? Yeah. And kids that, are, that kids was, are a powerful motivator. Oh, 100%. You know, and third, I, I think at the end of the day, you're the one that has to make the decision. No one else can make that decision for you. But just thinking about that in that moment was like, okay, like I need to do something about this because it's never going to get better. Um, And I can't, I can't keep pretending like it's okay. Now, where was your spouse in all this kind of part of the conversation? Like was, he, I mean, yeah, was it just kind of a, was he supportive of, of your kind of move towards sobriety or was, you know, where, where were you guys together? Yeah, in this? a great, that's a great question too. So, you know, we, we both, um, grew up in divorced households and, you know, his childhood was not the easiest. And so when he's looking at me and like kind of seeing a struggle, but also seeing like, Okay, but she like gets up and goes to work every day. Yeah. Like comparing it to what he has seen, and he's like, well, it wasn't that bad. Um, And to be honest, there was a two year period where after my father passed away, like my husband and I split up and divorced. Yeah. Um, So that's another layer of the story. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, we, we both had a lot to learn. We both had a lot of things we needed to work on, and then eventually came back together. Neither one of us were sober when we did come back together, but towards the end, I think he he ha- also had a knowing. He was like, hmm. you know, this is this isn't the way he wanted to live, and he knew this isn't the way I wanted to live. So he was very supportive. And actually, a few months after I got sober, he quit drinking for his own personal reasons too. That's awesome. I. I'm going to ask, can I ask questions about your guys's like the, the time of separation and divorce? Oh, is that, is that on the table? Okay. Yeah. I, Cause I, you know, I was like, cause the reason why I think there's, it's so like my wife and I, um, we got separated all oh, 13 years ago yeah. and been back together and, and kind of our journey. Yeah. But right now I, I feel like my life is surrounded by friendships that I'm watching divorce exist yeah. and separations and the, you know, just kind of the the kids and the, these marriages kind of have to go through this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
so I guess it's really like sensitive to my heart because I'm like, I am just surrounded by, you know, kind of that destruction inside of marriage right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And that's why I answer questions about it because yeah, we need to talk but, about this kind of stuff, you know? I know. Cause I think it's one of those things where like, it's just not, it's not talked about enough and it's not normalized enough. And, it, and, but like, so in your guys's time of like, when you guys separated, you guys, did you separate with an intention of like, well, you guys separated and divorced. Did you guys yeah. ever have it in your back of your minds? Like, we're going to go work on ourselves and see what happens. Or was it just like, we're done with each other. And then you chose individually to just become continually work on yourselves and it just merged back together. How did that happen? I guess. That is such a good question. Um, I think initially it was, okay, we're done. This isn't working. We're not happy. I'm not happy. Um, I can't live like this. Um, but it never became acrid. I want to say, I want to use that word. Like it never became hostile. It never became nasty. Um, it was, it was almost like without saying it, both of us were like, we need to get our shit together. Yeah. Like go figure yourself out, get your shit together and then yeah. see what happens and then see what happens. Cause yeah. you know, the one thing he, we both came from divorced childhood. The one thing that we did promise each other was that we would make sure that the kids knew it wasn't their fault. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of times where it's almost like the adults hate each other more than they love their children. And that's just mm. when it really falls apart. Yeah. You know? And that is one thing I've, I've been watching in a lot of my friends right now is like, they are co-parenting and loving their kids so well through this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a beautiful thing to watch in that. And like, um, I commend them because it's like, it's easy to get, it's easier. It'd be easy to just get caught up in your own emotions and feelings and just be there versus like setting those aside to go right. like, how do we be there for our kids? You know? And I think that's a huge, huge thing. Um, but yeah, your, your story encourages me because I think there's always hope. Like, I think, yeah, I do too. you know, divorce for some reason we have, we think it's final where like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, I mean, like, cause when you get married, you, you think that's final too. You're like, I'm going to be married forever. Right. And then, and divorce happens and we think, oh, this is it. I never could go back to that person, but you could, you can, you know, like the reality is, is, you know, you can grow and change and the other person can, and you can kind of you know, begin to start over date again, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. And you know, it's not like there's a guide online of like how to remarry your ex, but no, the more people but. talk about it, it's not really that uncommon. Like anytime I tell my story, someone knows an aunt or yep. a cousin or a friend who the same thing happened. And I think that's life. Like, I think that's part of growth and self-awareness and had I wished I had gotten sober through all that, of course, but that's not my story. You know, it took a lot of hard lessons to finally come to the realization that, you know, what I have is sacred and beautiful and like it just removing alcohol is the best way that I can continue to love my relationship and myself. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. So that Monday morning, hungover, woke up, had this aha, like, okay, I am done. Was that it though? Was that, was that the, really the done day or was it like, uh, like yeah, continually well, it was like the, drank here and there? 
it was the beginning of the end because that was the end of my rope. Like I had done the dry January. I had done the, the, you know, drink a glass of water in between each drink, only drink certain drinks, you know, like only have beer and wine, um, limit my days. I've tried, I tried all of it and you know, I did, I woke up and I was like, this shit needs to stop. And I had been going to therapy and had never mentioned it one time to my therapist Mm -hmm. that I thought it was an issue. Um, and I was, I was still drinking, but I, I told her, I was like, I think I have a drinking problem. And she like looked at me like I was speaking a different language because I'd been going to her for years She's like, well, what do you mean? And I was telling her, you know, how much I drank and why I drank. And she's like, I had no idea. Yeah. And so she recommended some Quitlet. And I wanted, I was intending to do dry January of 2020. And like January 2nd, like I drank, (laughs) like I couldn't even do it. And I I read This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And January was my last drink. And I've been sober since. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I love you. I love your story because um, it's a progression, I, you know, like mine was my, you know, it, it was like, I could tell people, I'm like, yeah, I've been in recovery for like 10 years. And, but you know, like right now I have two years, you know, two years plus of sobriety, but it yeah. was like 10 years of build up to that. Like 10 right. years of like learning and growing and figuring it out and making mistakes. And when I would drink, being able to like, for the longest time, I had so much shame every time I would mess up till the spot where someone was like, well, why can't you just use that as like a learning experience? Like evaluate it and go, mm. what caused me to? And then, so then, you know, so yeah, but they're, they're always, it just, life's a progression, right? It's like not this just boom switch, you know? And so I like your story on that, but okay. I want to talk fitness though for a minute. Cause yeah. like, I love, um, I believe there's so much power in just movement, right? And you say you say this on your website, um, consistent and purposeful movement help us move through emotions, you know? And I think that's a really powerful statement. And I kind of wanted to just like hear your thoughts on it because um, I don't think a lot of times people correlate fitness and emotion, you know, together always. Right. They think it's like, it's the physical, it's good for me. Right. I'm going to exercise or, you know, I'm going to do whatever sure. it is. Um, yeah. But they don't tie it together. So, yeah, talk to me yes. about that. So purposeful and consistent, first and foremost, we always have to have a why. And then we have to have a mechanism of accountability. So getting towards your why. And yeah. then, you know, motion through emotion, we're all energy. And yep. so to think that, okay, well, I'm going to take care of my my mind this way and my body that way. I'm living proof of like this disconnect, right? When we are, when we're not acknowledging that it's all interconnected. Yeah. So even when we are, when we're working out, we have this mind muscle connection where we're thinking about the muscles that we're moving. We're thinking about our body and time and space. Um, So having this like holistic approach to movement and exercise is really again like that's really medicine for our mood and for you know our intention and for our goals and 
you know, our, our, again, our why. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a really big proponent of holistic fitness because I, there was a time in my life, a big period of time where I might looked, I might've looked a certain way on the outside, but the inside wasn't, wasn't matching that. Define, define holistic fitness. Like what does that, what does that mean to you? It's what you're putting. It's not just what you're doing to your body in a gym. It's what you're putting into your body. It's what you're putting into your mind, like what you're consuming. Mm -hmm. And the one factor that I think I'm so passionate about is what you're, how, like what you're saying to yourself, Mm, like that, that mental, that mental health, that mental capacity, like when you wake up in the morning, what are you saying to yourself in the mirror? Yeah. Is it, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. I have my, I have my strategy. I have my goal. You know, I have the accountability mechanism and I'm going to do the best I can today and the best I can tomorrow. Or is it, well, you suck and you're never going to get there. And why bother? You know, like that's, that's part of fit. Like that's part of being fit, part of being healthy. Yeah. It's, it's all of it. It's not just. No, uh, that's huge. Cause I, I find myself in that, in those, like, like I've been like, I'll like where I'm at right now. I've been so inconsistent with the gym. Right. And that consistency mm-hmm. piece of yours that you speak about, like that I haven't been able to get myself back into like a regular rhythm. And mm-hmm. so, so, but then, you know, I'll, I'll map my calendar out for the week and then, you know, I'll reflect on it like the night before, look at it and go, okay, tomorrow morning I'm going to the gym, I'm doing this, and then I'll miss it, right? Mm-hmm. I'll wake I'll wake up and choose not to go or sleep during my alarm, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then my I can automatically go to a space of negative self-talk, like, mm-hmm. oh, you failed already. And that kicks your day off in like a like in a like a failure. Like, man, I already screwed up in this. So it's like that's the motivation the day heads from. But I can still miss the gym and have a different mindset of being like, Oh, you didn't make it today, your body and like Maybe your body needed a little more rest than, than you realized. And like, you know, but it's so interesting how like I find myself easily wanting to go to the negative space and like to tell myself like, oh, you failed, you screwed up, you're not, you know, you're not going to achieve whatever versus like having grace for myself being like, okay, it's okay. Like, and you know, yes. And that's what it's all about. And that's a perfect example. And, you know, just you sharing that, I'm sure anyone who's listening has been like, oh yeah, I've definitely done that. I've definitely missed a workout and been like, see, knew you were going to miss it. Knew yep. you were going to fail, you know, instead of rewriting the story. Okay. I have a lot going on today. I missed yeah. the gym this morning, but I'm going to take two laps around the block later. Yeah. And it is, it's finding that balance between like, excuses and having grace for yourself you know like there's there's a there's a level where you could easily get into this like you know never never do anything because you're like oh but i can play it off in my head so but we know the difference because our bodies don't lie to us it's just whether we listen to them or not like we know the difference between grace and excuse yes and absolutely yeah you know and and drinking is the fastest way to give us the inability to listen to our bodies, Hmm. you know? And so I'm very adamant that I'm not a sobriety coach, but I'm a sober personal trainer because I think the fitness industry, and I'm going to call them out way too enmeshed with the alcohol industry. 
Hmm. Like I should not hear a fitness instructor on a very popular platform telling their clients to earn their drinks. Yeah. I shouldn't hear it. Yeah. We don't hear anyone saying earn your cigarettes. Yeah. Or earn your yeah, it's just, whatever trans fats. We don't hear that. Yeah. No, it's so true though. And I think that, that again comes back to this like cultural acceptance of a poison, you know, like it's just as simple. Like we have all been, you know, like I, I, I look back at the, the time and culture when cigarettes were like a good thing. You smoked, you lost weight, you did, you know, it, all these components. And then we like, finally, like everyone opened their eyes and go, man, this isn't good for you. Right. You know, and then there was a right. shift and I'm like, I'm waiting for the day with alcohol where all of a sudden people go, Oh yeah, this is poison I'm putting in my body. And it actually affects me emotionally, physically, spiritually, all components. All yeah. Right. Right. But right now we're not there right now. We're yeah. still in the like, yeah, earn your drinks, you know, go get your workout in so you can drink more, you know, over the weekend. So, right. Or if you did but, drink too much over the weekend, you can sweat it out. Yep. You know, or, or you're, you're trying to lose weight and, and you want to keep drinking here, here are these, here are these tips from a fitness professional only, you know, only drink clear liquor, um, only use diet mixers, only drink ultralight beer. Um, and like the list goes on and I'm like, I feel like as a fitness professional and as an industry, we have a responsibility to provide holistic health to the people that mm -hmm. come to us for help. Yeah. So the person that comes to me for help to feel better about themselves doesn't feel like they're crazy when, yep. you know, they have to eliminate alcohol from their, from their lifestyle. Yeah. You know, just, no, I think but, that is so good. And I love your holistic approach because it, it, it's, it's not just one thing, right? It's a, it's a balance of, of many, many things. Like it's the physical, mental, you know, emotional, all the sides of it have a big part of like who we are. And so 100%. like, you know, I know people that have shifted from got sober, but then their, their new drug of choice is just is working out. Right. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, but you're still not dealing with the reason why you drank in the first place. You're just medicating it with something different, something new. Yeah, where your holistic approach comes in and it's like, you got to be able to like look at it all. You got to be able to go like counseling is just as valuable to me as me getting in the gym today, you know? Absolutely. Like, I mean, if you want to get, if you want to switch one addiction for another, I would say switch your addiction with alcohol with an addiction to loving yourself. Because mm. fitness, you know, fitness isn't the end all be all that we think it is. Like, we're not going to lose that five pounds and like instantly be happy. Yeah. Usually yeah, what you're... I see is we lose the five pounds and then they're like, and then we say like, well, that didn't work. Yeah. Now what? I, so it was man, years ago. I did Iron Man years ago. Yeah. And, uh. I would like to do one again sometime, but in that I've heard like a lot of people that after they race Ironman, they sink into this like kind of depression state after because yes. they trained so hard for so long mm -hmm. then they did it. And then when they finish, they're kind of like in this, like, 
wait, God. like that. Yeah, that didn't just solve all my world, like my life. Like just because right. I'm an Ironman finisher now, like still means tomorrow I wake up and I have to kind of go about my day, right. you know? And so it's just such a, a reality. Like we could put any goal ahead of us and, and work for it and get it. But it's like, okay, but what is that's not why? that. Yeah. That's not going to make you happy at the end of the day, you right. know? Right. Like you're so. training, like, yeah, you're training, you're doing the reps and sets and you're getting out there and pushing yourself and working on your endurance. But like, what are you telling yourself? Like at the end of the right. night, when your head hits the pillow, like, what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying to yourself when you wake up? Like, yeah. how are you addressing what your body is telling? Are you listening to what your body is telling you? Like, these are the yeah. things holistically that we need to be looking at in fitness. What do you do to, cause I think, I think our self-talk is just like a muscle, like yes, you, you train it. Right. Yes. And so, um, and you work it out and you do that. But what are some things that for you that you kind of like put into practice as far as going like shift, shifting your, your self-talk in a positive way? Yeah. Like, another great question. Um, so we're not meant to go at it alone in this world. So hmm. enrolling help is like so important. You know, I have a mentor, yeah. I have a coach, uh, I have a therapist, I do spiritual healing, like, cause I, I believe that spiritually we need someone to talk to. Um, and I just think that we, th the best thing that I could have done was recognize that I can't fix myself by my, I, I'm responsible for fixing myself, but I can't fix myself by myself. So, mm. you know, enlisting the help of others has changed my life. Um, I love that. And, and then, and then being, being consistent, even when it's effing miserable, <laughs> Yeah. you know, it's so easy to be like, it feels so natural to be like, well, you suck. This sucks. You can yeah. do it. Look at you. But to be like, no, it's another, it's just, it's another day and I tried my best and I'm going to try my best tomorrow. And eventually if I continue consistently showing up for myself, I'm going to get there. Yep. No, I like that. I like that other people, cause I am such a component. Like I always tell, I always say that like, we're, we're designed to be in relationship with others like that. That is just part of the DNA of who we are. Right. And so if I, so that means I got to also be vulnerable enough with the right people to be able to say like, here's where I am. Here's, here's who I am and really where I'm at because I'm going to need people to walk through this life with me. And it's still up to me, but it's like, I need people to walk through it. And so I love, I love that idea that, yeah, we just, we can't do it alone. You know, we need, we need people. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's good. And I think it's interesting, you know, like I even like, that's funny. I hadn't thought about this years. So I went through with a buddy, him and I were doing the uh, P90X, right? Mm -hmm. But we did the deal where we did it at my office that had the TV and he would take the DVDs because they were DVDs at the time. He would take the DVDs home with him every day. So like the reality was if I didn't show up to unlock the door of the office, he was going to be standing outside with the DVDs in his hand. If he didn't show up with then I would literally just be in the office by myself at 5am. Yeah. And so like the, that commitment to another person, which, you know, part of me goes I'm like, man, I wish I could make that commitment just to myself. But when I add another person to that component, then all of a sudden it, was, it became a lot easier to be like, I, I don't want to let myself down, but I also don't want to let my friend down. Yeah. So I'm going to show up. 
you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's one thing to Google recipes or to get on YouTube and get a workout or Pinterest or whatever, but you know, it kind of, it kind of leaves you like, okay. And if I don't do it, YouTube's not going to care, you know? Pinterest yeah. doesn't care that my the first thing I tell myself when I wake up is you're gross. Like Yeah. So to have that that connection and that that army behind you, which you know, I'm in yeah. the military, so it makes sense. Yes. To have like that all those tools is like I don't know, it's just it's been a huge help. Yeah. No, I like that. I know. I think as I'm as I'm talking with you, I'm realizing I'm like, man, I need to find a, someone uh, like like in the in specifically in like the workout space. Like, I need to find an accountability somebody to like yeah. go through something because like, you know, one, it just makes life more fun when you do it with people. You oh, know, sure. like yeah. that's been my new thing at the gym lately that I've been really struggling with is like, is like everybody, and I get it, but like everybody, you walk in and it's like everybody's got ear pods in. Nobody talks to each other. Right. So you kind of go in and do your workout. But I'm like, we're all existing around each other, but no one is actually Not. engaging with one another at all. Yeah. Right. It's so like, I find myself stepping into that norm and I'm going like, I don't like this. I like to be able to say hi to people in the morning and go like, you know, yeah. just checking in. How was your day? What's going on? And building relationships. So then walking into the space, it's a space of people. It's not just a space of like everybody functioning as robots. It's so interesting that you say that because my dream and my goal and I don't know like what the steps are will be, but it will, it will be, um, yeah. my dream is to open sober fit social club, which is a place to work out with like-minded people. And then also a space in front to socialize and hang out and have a coffee or a protein shake or a mocktail slash NA beer and like be in this immersive experience where we're not judged for like not drinking and we yeah. don't have headphones in so we can all like build community. That's my, that's my dream. Oh, I think it, ha I, I think it'd be huge. And I think it's needed because like, because the reality is, is <clears throat> there's not enough, like just spaces to hang out where you like, if you don't want to drink, it's like the bars, the restaurants, like, you know, like, there's not a lot of opportunity spaces besides like coffee shops. Right. And so like to create a culture where it's like, I work out, but I also like can go by and just grab a drink, talk to people, say hi. You know, I remember back in my, my hometown, there was this um, gym I, I used to go to and it was like the culture there was different, right? There was still the workout, still like, you know, the fitness side, but then there was like the pickle or like, the pickleball courts and the basketball mm -hmm. courts and the, all these things. And there was always just a bunch of old people hanging out talking and just like, and there was a coffee shop and like, but it was like the culture in which it created was very different. You know, it was a space to, to be at. And so I think in the sobriety world, man, yeah. that would, yeah. And you could, you could blow that up so quickly and easily because yeah. I think it's, it's something that's needed. You it's, know, it's like, yes. yeah, it's definitely, so. definitely needed. And I think, you know, the sobriety space is trying. I know, you know, athletic brewing is up and coming and have done pop-up um, events. But I think, yep. you know, it's just, it's needed and hopefully SoberFit can make it so. It'll, it'll get there. You got it. 
I guarantee it. Okay, I'm going to leave you with one, one question. This is my last question for 2021 for you. Um, so I want you for a second to imagine that the world just kind of goes quiet with the social media, with the news, with everything. And like, there's just, it's just quiet. And you are the one with the microphone that gets to speak one truth to this world. And you get to say one thing that you go, Hey, I just want you guys to know this. What would that be? There's no greater love than the love you have for yourself. Hmm. You can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. You have to love yourself first. And then it just expands to everything you touch without self love. It's, a very sad, lonely place. So, yeah, I like that. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. Hey, so Jen, how does everybody connect with you? What is the best way for people to plug in with you to get fitness coaching from you? You know, where do, where do people go to get connected with you? Yes, well, I'm very active on Instagram. Okay. Jen Jenlink underscore soberfit. Okay. I uh, have my my website is up and running www.soberfitwellness.com and I'm also on Facebook um Genlink you can send me a friend request and perfect find me there so I will put everybody says you're listening all of those links that she just said so you're not like having to rewind five times to try to figure out what she you know write it down they're in the bottom of the show notes so go to the show notes and you will see all the links to connect with Jen and everything that she is doing. Follow Jen because SoberFit will have gyms all over the U.S. soon. <laughs> there are these cool spaces. Should I, I shouldn't say soon. Some point it'll it'll happen. So, thank well, Jen, I do. I want to say thank you, and again, like Happy New Year, and and thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, um, and just thanks for being vulnerable enough, like to create space to go here's my story and knowing that your story can have an impact to others and being willing to share that is huge so thank you thank you and thank you for sharing your platform thank you for what you're doing i think that's this is so incredible and so needed and um i could say all the exact same things about you <laughs> thanks just changing lives and and giving people hope so i really appreciate it thank you hey you guys I want to remind you go follow jen link you can follow her at soberfitwellness.com. Find her on Instagram. All the links are in the show notes below. But I do want to remind you one more time. It is 100% free 30-day sober challenge this January, just for the month of January. Dry January, 30-day sober challenge. Go to bravingthejourney.com. Sign up for it. Let's jump into this year with an amazing start to the year, you guys. Um I am. You are unique, beautiful, and wonderfully made, and I'm super proud of you. And you need to hear that today. All right. Bye.